Welcome, everyone. Man, you picked an awesome weekend to come to church. Those of you that are online, I hope you're enjoying it the way we are. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man. If I wasn't tied to that camera back there, I'd be running all over this place. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. Thank you, Lord, for your word, God, that sets us free, that builds us up, that sets us up for all that you're doing in our lives. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So over the past few weeks, you know, what started out to be a, a one-time message has turned out to be a series because every time... I, I get up here to teach this. I'm seeing more and more and more. And I'm like, okay, holy, whatever you want, Holy Spirit, your, this is your church. Amen? Amen. Whatever, whatever you want me to do, let's go. I'm good. I'm good. Amen? Amen? So we're talking about developing endurance. And my Lord Jesus, if there's ever been a message that we need right now, uh, it's endurance. Endurance. We need, to, we need to be in life for the long haul. We need to be serving God, serving others. We need to be uh, not moved by the storms of life, not moved by the circumstances that are before us, not moved by any threat of turmoil or, or upheaval or anything like that because we read the end of the book and we win. Yeah. Amen? So we're just walking through it. We're just walking through it. Doesn't matter whatever the devil tries to throw at us. God in his mercy will work with us to build strength, to build endurance so that we can overcome every obstacle to fulfilling God's plan. His plan for the earth, his plan for this nation, his plan for your family, for your life. The enemy throws obstacles at us. The enemy wants us to give up. He wants us to grow weary and become discouraged in our soul. So we throw the towel in and just say, this stuff doesn't work. No, we're not, we're not the ones who quit. Uh, we're not the ones who draw back. Amen? Amen. Psalm 34, verse 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have broken heart. And save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You want to read it with me? One, two, three, nice and loud. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Thank God. Let me read the message translation of that scripture. Is anyone crying for help? God is listening. Ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. How many, have ever, how many have ever been kicked in the gut by life? Oh, my Lord. So we can be sure that no matter what life or the enemy throws at us, God will deliver us. He's either going to deliver us, he's either going to deliver us out of it or he's going to walk us through it. Either way, we win. So we're talking about endurance. Endurance is the ability to press on, to bear up under the pressures of life. And in order to build endurance for the long run, we may need to get rid of a few things and learn how to walk in God's ways. Let me read that again because that's setting the course for this message this weekend. In order to build endurance for the long run, we may need to get rid of a few things and we may need to learn how to walk in God's ways more now than ever before. So our, our foundational scripture that we're, we, we're building this series on is in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. If you haven't been here, if you haven't listened to the other messages, this is part three this weekend. Please go 
to our website, go online, go to the archive, listen to the other messages, part one, part two, and now this weekend, part three. Therefore, we also, Hebrews 12, verse one, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, here's verse 3 now, is what we need to be concerned about. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners, talking about Jesus. Remember, verse 2 said, look unto Jesus. He said, look unto him, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest, here's the thing we need to be concerned about right now. It's the reason for this whole teaching, this whole series. Lest we become weary and discouraged in your souls. We are not going to become weary. We are not going to become discouraged in our souls. And this is an extremely dangerous situation if you've ever find yourself in it. Because when you're weary and discouraged in your souls, we make wrong decisions. We start to give up. We want to quit. We don't, we, don't want to, we don't want to press in. We don't want to keep up the battle. And so we cannot afford to do that. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Now remember, remember we talked about Hebrews tells us what to lay aside. Lay aside the weights. Lay aside the sin. The things that so easily ensnare us. So that we can do what? Run. Run with endurance, okay? So, so one of the ways that we can develop endurance, one of the ways that we can kind of build ourselves up is to walk in the ways of God to begin with. We make it a pattern in our lives. When we make it a pattern in our life to walk in the ways of God, then, then we're going to stay away from the weights. We're going to stay away from the sin. Those things are not going to be there to weary us and to wear us down. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Very familiar portion of Scripture. Jesus speaking, not only to his disciples, but to the multitudes. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all the things that we concern ourselves about life, shall be added to you. Listen to it in the message translation. What I'm trying to do here, Jesus speaking, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. And not to be so preoccupied about getting. So that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. Oh, that's too good not to say it again. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Key phrase there is seek the kingdom and his righteousness. One translation says in his way of doing things. Message translation says learn how he works. Why? Because when we learn how he works, we can hook up with him. We can, we can pattern our lives in such a way. We can shape and mold our souls in such a way that we're going to automatically walk, talk, think the way God would. Amen? Amen. Now, now, you see a benefit in this? When we, let me, let me flip that. When we think, talk, and walk the way God does, we stay out of weights. We don't get weights. We don't get weighted down. We stay out of sin. I, I'll say that one again. We stay out of sin. Because sin will make you weary. Sin will make you discouraged. Sin will make you question your salvation. Sin will make you question the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's resist it. Let's stay out of it. Amen. If you're going to fall into it, 
fall into it by accident, not predetermined. Amen? Amen. So we notice that the endurance we build is for one purpose. That's to run the race that's set before us without growing weary or discouraged. And one of the best ways to do that, to build endurance, is for us to develop, to train ourselves. Do you realize that you and I can train ourselves? My God, if we can train a dog, if we can train a cat, then we can train ourselves. When we start to train our soul, when we start to speak to our soul from the position of our spirit, man, and say, no, 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 you you can do that, but you're not going to do that because it's not good for you. Amen? So one of the best ways to do that is to develop this habit, this lifestyle of walking in the ways of God on an every, not just on the weekend, not just in the lobby in church, not just on the way here. Okay, we make sure we, when we pull in the parking lot, we practice that smile. We're so blessed. But bringing, listen, 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 bringing every facet of our lives into submission to his will. When we do, and we learn to do that, when we learn the more areas of our lives that we bring into submission to God, the more we're going to walk in his ways. The less we're going to become weary, the less we're going to become discouraged. Amen? Amen. Psalm 1. I want you to listen to it very closely. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation, or paraphrase, I should say. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. You, you see the progression there? You see the progression? Okay, we start out with walking in step with the wicked. In other words, what they're doing, we're doing. Then we start sharing in their sin. Once we do that, we wake up and we find ourselves sitting, sitting in the seat of the scorners. Have you ever met a Christian? But one time was really walking with God. And they got caught up, just like window shopping. Just got caught up. Looking, you pass by, you're going through, something catches your eye and you slow down and you start checking it out. Now the next thing you know, you're spending more time there. You're, you're now becoming obsessed with whatever that thing is that got your attention. And what happens? Now you find yourself participating in something that you would have never even looked at years ago. Amen. And what ends up happening? I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Now, now, because of the guilt, because of the condemnation, because that person doesn't have enough sense to go run to God and ask for forgiveness and get, get, back, get back in that zone again, you know what I'm saying? Now they start getting a mocking attitude about those who are really walking with God. Now you've gotten, you're seated in the seat of the scorners. Dangerous place to be. Weighed down, full of sin. But that's not who we are, amen? Amen. amen. Verse 2. Verse 2 tells us now the person who does not do those things, his pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree. Here's the endurance part. Here's the endurance part. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the, brick, the brooks of bliss. Bearing fruit in every season. That sounds to me like somebody who's developed endurance. That sounds to me like somebody who is not growing weary, who is not getting discouraged. 
bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. That is a result of the person who does not walk in step with the wicked, who does not share in the sinner's ways, and who is not found sitting in the scorner's seat. What is it telling us? Resist all these things. Get rid of it. Same thing as Hebrews 12. Lay aside the weights. Lay aside the sin. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself in the position of the sinners. You're going to find yourself mocking the things of God instead of, instead of being devoted to the things of God. That is not the will of the Father for our lives. When we live according to the plan of God, we will always overcome all the adversaries of life. Amen. Every adversity. We will flourish even in tough times. Amen? Amen? Yes. I, I'll say it again. We will flourish even in tough times. Amen? Amen. I, notice, I notice that, man, the majority of the people that I know, the majority of the Christians, the majority of the believers that I know flourished flourished during this crazy time flourished not just made it not just barely made it but flourished why because we learned how to how to develop endurance along the way we didn't run from fights in the past we didn't get weary when things didn't go our way we just said father whatever your will is we're, we're pressing on we're pressing on. We're pressing on. When you take that attitude, God, you saved me. God, you filled me with your spirit. God, you healed me. You gave me peace. You delivered me from my enemies. If you never do another thing for me, I'm still going to worship you. When you get to that place, pandemic, shmandemic, none of it means anything. We will bear fruit. We will not cease producing even in a drought. All this equals endurance so let me read to you some instructions for running the race with endurance because that's what this whole thing is about it's running 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 that race running that race not like not sauntering not like oh you know we'll just hang out and see what happens no we're not hanging out and see what happens we're above only and not beneath we're the head and not the tail we're blessed going out we're blessed coming in we're blessed in the field. We're blessed in the city. No matter where we turn around, we're blessed. Why? Why? Because you and I are anointed to prosper. We prosper in difficult times. We don't just sit back and go, well, let's, just, let's wait till this passes. No, no, no. No, we continue taking ground. Turn to somebody and say, we're anointed to prosper. To prosper. Turn again, turn again. Say this at home. I just type it out, type it out in that little chat section there. We are anointed to prosper. Proverbs chapter 3. We're staying in the wisdom books. Proverbs chapter 3. What are we doing? We are preparing ourselves to keep running and not slowing down. We don't faint, we don't collapse. We keep going. We keep preaching. We keep loving. We keep forgiving. We keep giving. We keep blessing. We keep prospering. I am. You come with me if you want. Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Man, I want those. I want those. I want, I want to finish my race. I'm going to finish it with joy. I'm going to complete it. I'm going to fulfill the assignment that's on my life. You want to come? Yes. We'll do it together. 
For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. In other words, hold them close to you, embrace them. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Church, do you understand what this is? When you have favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man, there is nothing that you can't accomplish. There's nothing you can't accomplish. No matter what adversity, no matter what obstacle, no matter what stumbling blocks get thrown in your path, you look at them and go, I'm laying you aside. Get out of my way. And we keep going on. I hope you're you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so, as a result of, find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And I want to write in that order, in God and man. Not man and God. The instructions that we're receiving are coming directly from a father to his children. They are not the commands of a tyrant or a dictator, but from one who loves his own. Your father in heaven loves you. Your father in heaven is setting you up to succeed, not to fail. Your father in heaven will do whatever is is necessary to make sure that you have the equipment, the blessing, the tools, the resources, the energy, the physical strength to accomplish everything that God has called you to do. Amen. Now, we're not ones that grow weary, and we don't grow discouraged. Now, these instructions are offered in the spirit of discipline and training from a heart of love. When God disciplines us, he's not punishing us. He is trying to train us. He's trying to pattern us. He's trying to get us to develop a lifestyle that's going to add blessing, not curse. Amen? There's no better way to learn endurance than knowing that our Heavenly Father wants us to be equipped to weather every storm, every tough patch, every bump in the road. Okay, doesn't want us stalled on the side of the road of life. He wants us to just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Amen? Verse 5. Let's go. Let's continue now in Proverbs 3. Oh, here it goes. Now it's going to get really, really, really good. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It doesn't say trust in yourself. It doesn't say go try and figure it out by yourself. No, because trying to figure everything out on your own is exhausting. Does anybody realize that? When you try to figure every, and you try to figure anything out in life on your own, you become exhausted. Exhausted. Why? Because we're not equipped that way. We weren't constructed that way. God knows exactly what we can handle and what we can't. And the idea is we constantly be shuffling this stuff to him. Okay, here, here, I'm aware of this, I'm aware of that, I'm aware of that situation, but you know what? I'm much more aware of who you are. Here they are, here they are, here they are. Take them, Lord, take them, Lord. I'm casting all my cares over on you, why? Because I can't figure this out on my own. You listening? You try to do everything on your own, forget it. Now Moses, his father-in-law, saw him and realize, man, my son-in-law is going to wear himself out. Amen. He's got all these people. He's trying to sit there, listen to all their problems, all their coming up with all their solutions. And finally, went to him and said, you can't do this, man. The people are going to wear you out. And they're going to get discouraged. And they're not going to get the answers they need. So he said to him, assign, pick 70 people, and then put everybody under them. And let them handle some of these things. And keep the most important cases, the most difficult you take. But for the most part, let, let, let delegate, delegate. Why? Because all of us don't have all the answers. I don't know if you found that out yet. 
We don't have all the answers intentionally. But what we do have, we have a God who cares for us. We have a God who will never turn us. God will never say to you, now that's a stupid question. You listening? He's there for us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall do what? He'll direct your path. We have to acknowledge God in everything. All we need to do is to set out to trust him. We can't figure everything out. But we can set ourselves in such a way that we're going to trust him without reservation. And so when we trust him without reservation, what do we do first? We acknowledge God in everything we do, in every brainstorming session. Acknowledge him in your prayers. Acknowledge him in every direction that you need for life. And God will be faithful to lead you on the right path. Amen. Amen. Trust. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said, a famous 18th century, I guess 19th century preacher of the word of God. To trust God in the light is nothing, but to trust him in the dark, that is faith. Amen. And sometimes, sometimes we don't have light in every area. Sometimes we, sometimes we could be, you know, groping in the darkness of life, being confronted with some things that look like they're impossible. God has perfect timing so we can trust him. The more you trust God, the more he amazes you. And this is the advice we receive from the spirit of God. Whatever is worrying you right now, forget about it. Take a deep breath, trust in God. Faith is trusting God even when you don't understand the plan. And I worry about people who tell me, well, God showed me the whole thing. Oh, Lord Jesus. Because you're either a liar or the first one in human history. God doesn't show anybody the whole thing. Now, he knows. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything, that we're, he knows everything that's coming down the road. He knows everything that you and I are going to confront. He knows everything that you and I are going to have to leap over to get to where we need to be. But he very rarely shows us more than we can handle right now. Trust me. If he would have showed me everything that was going to happen in this ministry 25 years ago, I would still be slicing salami in a deli. I would have went, uh, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I, I love you, but I'm good. He only shows us what we can handle at that time. Psalm 37, verse 23. We just keep pulling from the word. Are you getting this? We just keep pulling. Why? Because the word is our strength. The word is how we develop endurance. His track record. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I like that. And he, God, delights in his way. He delights in our way. Your steps are ordered of God. How? When? When we acknowledge him. When we trust in him. When we're insisting on going on our own way. Our steps are not ordered of the Lord. And my God is an uncomfortable walking in steps that have not been ordered by the Lord. Best thing to do is get right back. Get right back. Go right back to where you got off in the fork in the road. And start going back to where God called you to. Amen? Amen. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Then according to Proverbs 3, which we just read. And we're still continuing to study. A good man is one who acknowledges his need for the Lord. That's not weakness. It's not lack of intelligence. It's literally a strength. When we realize, oh, I'm getting into uncharted territory. I've never been this way before. Never had to solve this problem before. Don't know how he's going to do it. And what do we do? Do we do? We sit, rack our brains? No, no, no. Father, we acknowledge you in all of our ways so that you can direct my path. Why? Because you called me a good man. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not good in, my, in, my, in myself, in my own being. I've been declared righteous by the blood of Jesus. You've been declared righteous by the blood of Jesus. Because some people might get stumbled. You know, depending on what day this catches you on. Whether you're a good person or not. Amen? Let's get back to Proverbs 3. Verse 7. What are we talking about? Instructions for running our race with endurance. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Man, we could preach on that one for a couple of hours. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. We could say it this way. Reverence God. Respect God. Give him the honor that he's worthy of. Amen? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And here's the result. Here's, here's what will happen. When we do everything we've been reading so far, and then we get to verse 8, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now, listen, God in his wisdom knows that every time we think we know it all, we get ourselves in trouble. Sometimes we shipwreck our lives for decades. And if we're not careful to reverse direction and come back into the will and the purpose of God, the stress that you bring on yourself, that we bring on our lives, affects us physically, affects us emotionally, affects us spiritually. Sometimes it can affect us financially, and you can't get out of that hole. Are you listening? So what, what, is, what is the instructions we're receiving here? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you're all lit in a bag of Fritos, okay? You haven't been created that way. You haven't been created that way. We have been created intentionally by God that we only function in perfection and we only function in endurance when we are dependent upon Him. Amen. Well, you'll learn it one way or the other. So the instruction we receive is this. Depart from evil. Build endurance. Resistance against the sin of independence. Amen. And if you don't think that's a sin, you're fooling yourself. Well, I'm just a self-made person. Yeah, we're all impressed. I'm sure God is too. I'm a self-made person. I'm a self-taught person. I'm a self-this, self-that. You notice what the common denominator is? Self. Some of us don't even realize we're doing it. We only run to God when we're in a crisis. Other than that, yeah, I got this. I got this, God. I got this. I'll call you when I can't handle it anymore. And God goes, man, this ain't going to work. Independence from God is sin. Because independence from God is just a slight degree away from rebellion. And rebellion is what got this planet in trouble from day one. Amen? Amen. So, so you see what, we, what we've been studying here, okay? Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Amen. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Have reverence for the Lord. Fear the Lord. Amen? Depart from evil. And what will it do? It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So, depart from evil. Build, build endurance, resistance, and resist the sin of pride and independence. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And only a fool would continue on a path that takes him or her away from God. Now, the next step in Proverbs 3 amazes me. Because I see the wisdom of God so plain. And I hope that you see it too. Because he gives us all these priorities. Trust in him. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. 
He tells us to depart from evil. He tells us not to be wise in our own eyes. He tells us that if we'll depart from evil and have reverence for God, we'll walk in health. He puts all that first and then he hits us with the, with the icing on the cake. You ready for number five? Well, let's read through this. Trusting him, not depending, acknowledging, teach me, God, how to get, out of, how to get the sin out of my life. Now we're ready for number five. Number five, getting my finances in proper order. Verse nine, honor the Lord with your possessions. With whose possessions? You, you want to honor the Lord with my possessions? I ain't going there, don't worry. Is that what you want? You want to honor the Lord with my possessions? You want me to honor the Lord with your possessions? No, whose possessions are supposed to honor the Lord? Yours, mine. I'm responsible for mine, you're responsible for yours. Honor. Look at that word. Look at that. Don't miss that first word. Honor. Honor. Say it together with me. Honor. Now, now say it like you really mean it. Honor. Honor Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Verse 10. Here's the result. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Man, Proverbs 3 is the, the equipment to run the race with endurance. Don't miss out on the fact that it's about honor. So many Christians have not yet received the revelation. Listen, listen, that the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, money is about honor. Boom. Give me a boom. Boom. Listen to me. Get this in your heart. Why? Because you're not going to develop endurance if you don't have your money in in the proper place it's supposed to be. You can have all this other stuff, but man, if your money is not in the place it's supposed to be, as it pertains to the kingdom of God, you are undermining your ability to endure in times of trouble. It's about honor. It's not about numbers. It's about honor. It's not about the stuff. It's about honor. And God specifically calls us to honor him with our possessions. Our possessions are supposed to honor him. Okay? This always goes over real big. I'm giving you a break. You'll get there. So now listen, God honors us by allowing us to manage his resources. Because you know whatever you have is his, right? Now, some people are like, oh no, that's my stuff. I work for it. (laughs) You know everything you have belongs to him, right? You know everything you have is on loan, right? Okay. Do we got that straight? Okay, so now watch this now. God honors us by allowing us to manage his stuff. Some of us are good managers. Some of us are on our way to learning. Amen? Amen? So watch this now. But it's an honor. You think about it. The creator of the universe honors you and honors me with the position of managing his resources. Okay? And so then... uh, he asks us then to honor him with the first fruits of what we produce with those resources. If he's given you a talent, if he's given you a vocation, if he's given you a profession, that didn't come from you. That came from God. And it didn't come from the government either. That came from God. He placed that talent in you. He placed that ability in you. He gave you the creativity that you need. He gave you the intellect that that you need. So whatever you produce with his resources, all he's saying is this. I'm giving it to you all. I'm giving you all of it. 
I'm giving you talents. I'm giving you giftings. I'm giving you anointings. I'm giving you abilities. But what you produce with that, I expect you to honor me first. First fruits. First produce. First product. However you want to word it. See, this whole thing about money in the kingdom of God is not about the numbers. It's about honoring him. And it's, listen, it's about putting him first. Now, truthfully, I don't mind eating leftovers. I really don't. Depends on what it is, actually. I don't mind eating leftovers. But God doesn't want leftovers. If you came to my house and I start pulling everything out of the refrigerator in the margarine container, and the, and, and the little regatta container, and that stained, all warped Tupperware container that you got from your mother 50 years ago. If I start pulling that out of the refrigerator, are you going to feel honored? Come on. Are you going to feel honored? You come to my house for Thanksgiving, and I pull all the leftovers out and go, man, we're having a feast today. Let me ask you a question. Did I honor you? Did I put you first? No. No. You're way down on the list. No leftovers. God wants to be put first. It's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. He He wants us to put him first. He wants our heart to be devoted to him first. He wants to be first in our lives. And listen to me. Consider the fact that the motivating factor that you and I get out of bed in the morning is to go to work, to make a living with the blessing of God on our lives. Okay? Considering that that's the motivating factor, how honoring is it to the Lord when we don't even consider the fact that, man, I can't wait to get my paycheck so I can honor him first. Well, well, pastor, I worked for that. Yeah, who gave you the breath in your lungs? Who gave you the strength in your hands? Who gave you the ability to sit there and figure out how you're going to produce something? It came from him. It came from, you wouldn't even do that in the natural. If I came up to you and said, hey, we're going to go in business together. I'm going to put up 100 grand. I'm going to bankroll the whole thing for you. Okay? All I want from you is at the end of every week, you give me the first 10% of the increase of the profit. I'd say that's a pretty good deal. In fact, if anybody here wants to do that, I'll go in with you. You put up the 100K. You listening to me? How come, how come it's so easy for us to figure that out in the natural? But as soon as we start applying it to the kingdom of God, we get all religious. So, oh, I don't know about that. You know, I don't know. That, that sounds like Old Testament to me. Yeah, actually, it's pre-Old Testament. Because that, that concept of the tithe, which we're going to go into now, tithe meaning 10%, that existed before Moses went up on Mount Sinai and received the commandments. Oh, that was already in the deal. In fact, it goes all the way back to Abraham. If you really want to get, really want to get truthful about it, it goes all the way back to the garden. It goes all the way back to the garden. God said, I'm giving you all this, but don't touch that tree. Don't touch that tree. I'm giving you all this. Just don't eat of that tree. What was he doing? Training us? Training us? So don't get religious on me. Don't start saying, oh, he's teaching Old Testament. No, I'm teaching pre-Testament. I'm teaching nature of God stuff here. 
All God has ever wanted is for us to put him first. And man, if you can't put him first with your finances, don't tell me he's first in your heart. Because let me tell you something. There's an invisible umbilical cord from your heart to your wallet. I'm enjoying this. I don't know if you are. And I'll tell you why. Because I found out this truth 36 years ago. 36 years ago. Nobody had to teach me. Nobody had to tell me. No, I knew by instinct. The first time I heard in a church service, which was like the second week. No, first week I ever attended the church. The very first time. I heard them talking about this tithe, this 10%. And I was like, okay. If, if, if all you want from me is 10%, in comparison to all that you've done for me, I'll give you 50%. In fact, I'll take the 10%. You can have the 90%. Because let me tell you something. Whatever God gives you, and whatever you give him, if you start figuring your head, well, I'm only going to have 90%. Honey, 90% with God's blessing goes a whole lot further than 100% out of God's will. You listening? So now let, let, let's get back to this, all right? Because I, I know I'm going a little bit longer here, but, but this is going to be good because you can't leave without this. Okay, we're talking about building endurance. How are you going to build endurance when the first time your wallet is empty, you fall to pieces? How are you going to build endurance when you're so, you're so obsessed with fear because, oh my God, what if I lose my job? What if I can't pay my mortgage? What if I can't pay my car? What am I going to do? How am I going to get food? All this other stuff. What did Jesus say? The pagans. The Gentiles, the people that have no God, get obsessed with those kind of things. Let me tell you something, okay? You better build endurance. You better, you better put your finances in there. Why? Because when financial pressure shows up, it, all the cracks in the relationship show up. Uh, tell me how I know. Let me say, I can't tell you how many, how many counseling sessions I've sat in where the husband's telling the wife, you're always buying stuff. You put too much on the charge card. What, and, the, and the wife's going, you're just too cheap. You're not making enough money. You need to go get six more jobs. <laughs> Financial pressure makes all the cracks show up. So how are you going to endure when your relationships are falling apart? How you can't? How are you going to endure? When, you, when all you're thinking about is how you're going to get the next loaf of bread. How are you going to get the next gallon of gas? You can't. You can't. And so one of the primary foundational cornerstones of building endurance is going to be you're going to have to get your finances in order. Now, I'm not talking about that you're spending too much money at Starbucks. I'm talking about you've got to get your money into the kingdom of God. You can't say I'm living in the kingdom of God, but my wallet's over here. Malachi chapter 3. Okay, we're getting there. All right, just, just bear with me. I know this is tough. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, and what have we robbed you? God's talking to the nation of Israel. God says you've robbed, and he's talking to the nation. But the principles are for us. He says, you robbed me. And Israel answers and says, how have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Verse 9. Now, he's saying this to the nation of Israel. You are cursed with a curse. We have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring all the tithes. What is a tithe? A tithe is an old English word that means 10%. It's the first 10%. Not, well, let's sit down and pay the bills and we'll see if we have anything left over. That's not the tithe. It's got to be first. 
Bring all the tithes, the 10% into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, the Lord of, of angel armies. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Understand this, please, church. God is not trying to get something from you. He is wanting to get something to you to get your finances to the place which they will endure the tough economic storms that may be up ahead. Amen. Now look at the next verse, verse 11. Now God says, if you'll bring all these tithes, if you'll put me first, if you'll automatically just cut off the first 10% and put it aside for me, this is what I will do for you. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Now that's a lot of old fashioned language. You know what rebuke is? The best thing you can do is like this. He's, what is he saying? I'll slap the devil in the face for you. I'll rebuke the devourer. And man, unless you've ever been in a hard place financially, unless you've ever been to the point where you lost your house, lost your cars, didn't have a job, you don't know what it means to be devoured. Trust me, I know. And if God says, if you'll work with me, if you'll trust me, if you'll acknowledge me in all your ways, including your paycheck, he said, I will rebuke. I will stop your finances from getting devoured. Didn't say you wouldn't have problems. Didn't say you wouldn't have challenges. Didn't say there wouldn't be opportunities. But he said, man, when those opportunities come, I'll be right there. I'll stop it in its tracks. I hope somebody's listening to me. And then he said, look at this. So that he... He, he talks about the devourer as a he. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. You know what that's talking about? Your job and your investments. Your job and your investments. He said, I'll protect them. I'll protect them. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a de delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Let me tell you something, okay? You, you better take this as serious. I know. I'm wrapping this up, okay? But listen to me. I want you to go and study this out for yourself. You see, because God's talking to a nation here. But the principles apply to us just as well. Now, you go research how blessed the nation of Israel is today. My God. Why do you think they have so many enemies? Why do you think they have so many people want to push them out of their, out of their, out of their land? They got to a land that was worthless, full of swamps, full of malaria. Nothing could be produced there. Yet when they showed up back on the scene, in the early 19, late 1800s, early 1900s, and then in 1948, when Israel was established as a nation, that place exploded with blessings. They import fruit all over the world. They've they, now they have gas deposits, oil deposits, all this stuff. Technology, medical Miracles are coming out of the nation of Israel. Why? Because the blessing of God is on that country. The blessing of God is on his people. Go look, go look it up. Go research. I dare you to go research it. Just alone, the chemicals and the fertilizers and, and the richness that's in the Dead Sea, called the Dead Sea. God let them call it Dead Sea so nobody would come looking for it, so it was saved for the nation of Israel. It's anything but dead. The wealth that's produced just from the bromine and all the other that's used for fertilizer. Why? God said, I'm going to fulfill my word. 
Now, what happens? If you and I will hook up with those promises, we experience in the same blessing. We experience the same blessing. So let me ask you, what do you want to do? How are you going to build endurance? You got to get everything in order. Get everything in order. Well, Pastor, I've been having a hard time in my life. Then pray for God's grace to help you, to empower you, to bring you to the place where the good things that he deposited on the inside of you, you can access. Amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on, his, on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Amen? Resist sin. Fear God. Put your finances in order. You will build endurance. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Let me just pray for you before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would take everything that we've learned. And, Father, that you would bring it to our remembrance as the Holy Spirit has been assigned to our life to do just that. Father, we do trust you. Father, we do rely on you. Father, we're not relying on ourselves. We are committed to trust you in all of our ways. Thank you that you direct our path. Thank you for your blessing upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, come on up. If you need prayer, those of you that are online, please make your request known there, and people will be praying for you. Thank you. God bless you.